This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. I'm going for broke, I'm making advances. All I can answer in Vegas, I'm shooting for the moon. Taking a gamble on you. Yo, what's up, everybody? I feel like a lone wolf in the studio today. <laughs> uh, my buddy's TJ, obviously not feeling well all week. He seen a lot of tweets about, like, did we get TJ too drunk in Vegas? And the answer is TJ never made it to Vegas. So this cannot be pinned on Brett and I. Uh, <laughs> what's up, Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace? Uh, as I said, TJ's out. Brett's working in Orlando this morning. Uh, so neither one of them showed up, Casey. Except for me. Hey guys, Casey Vote here. Um, I, Freddie, I'd like to congratulate you for being the, the only one to show up today and the only one to really be sober and coherent um, in the show since Brett and TJ don't get credit for that. So um, I think you teased this out and only one person guessed who our special guest is this week. Uh, do you want to do the intro? Yeah, so I, uh, I, I teased out and I thought I made it pretty <laughs> obvious, but I think I people up with the ruffle feathers comment at the end of it because the, the first two words were the t's it's breaking news um uh from the athletic obviously the writer of in, in my opinion the best article to ever be written on the athletic is was about dbc um and the 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 best dressed guest we've ever had and, and honestly the most fashion forward person i've ever seen in the cup garage uh mr jordan bianchi's here what's up Jordan? thank you pleasure you've got the b team here today so uh we'll have to uh we'll have to carry it a little bit i told jordan uh at the end of last year we were just trying to figure out a day like obviously we've had jeff on uh, numerous times and there's those shows are all great and him and jeff do a podcast jeff gluck they do a podcast together so I knew Jordan would be great on here and we were talking about last year I said you know you got to come on DBC sometime so then uh, I knew Brett was going to be out and I knew that if I was here by myself with TJ I would drive myself crazy <laughs> so I was like I need Jordan's backup and, and uh, then now I've thrown you to completely to the wolves where it's yeah. just you and I you've asked me to be on this show one other time and I respectfully declined because it was after Bristol in 2021 and I didn't want to discuss oh that was yeah the, I remember that uh, yes oh that would have been a good one we could discuss it now <laughs> no, though no that's okay <laughs> still have not discussed that publicly we'll not discuss it publicly so all but. right well I know we'll talk we'll definitely talk a lot about you but I, I want to hear how Vegas was I would say from from your perspective realizing not only was Vegas going on but you had Formula One started you have IndyCar Supercross Saturday night I mean you can't get much better than that right S Sunday was perfect because the Formula One race started at 10 a.m. Eastern and that ran right almost into IndyCar race completely you had a little bit of you know lull there but you could have lunch and then the IndyCar race ended and right away the Fox pre-race show was picking up going into NASCAR it was a perfect day for motorsports it felt kind of like a celebration right like everybody was excited it wasn't you know everybody's in their own camps of this is formula one or indycar nascar is like this is cool everybody's watching different uh, disciplines and getting into it and people that are into nascar were talking about formula one and indycar it was a celebration of motorsports yesterday and that felt really cool to see because you don't always see that but because of the way the schedule lined up and because formula one was kicking off its season because indycar was kicking off its season and because nascar was on the west coast it just kind of it came together in a perfect way yesterday it was a lot of fun i it had like a memorial day feel to it yeah on, on Twitter, I didn't get to watch much of it because I was headed to the track so early. Um, but 
the I the only thing that I saw out of the whole deal was that IndyCar wreck, and then what the the what the guy came. You can call it Arca breaks if it you was, want. Yeah, was it Santino? No, it wasn't Santino. Oh, somebody was, told me in the suite it was Santino. I was like, please don't. No, let it that was be not true. Santino. It was I couldn't tell you name it off the back. He was yeah. running last. It was <laughs> Peterson. Peterson. I don't know. And it was not good. If you haven't seen it, look it up on Twitter. It there's a wreck that happens, and then a guy comes in. I don't know three or four days later. <laughs> and and never checks up and just drives through somebody sends a guy flying through the air it's it's looks like a video game wreck um but yeah uh thanks for coming man uh you know there's some stuff obviously the, the first thing i want to get into with you aside from vegas like you know what, what how let's just do, like where'd you come from like i know we talked about this the other day i didn't realize you were such a big hockey fan like where'd yeah. you where'd you get started where'd you start in journalism yeah so i was born and raised in minnesota the twin cities area i've always loved sports and i actually went to college for journalism and i wanted to do sports radio and that was my emphasis and so i started doing sports radio when i got out of school I had a really nice job and did that for a while and started doing other reporting and stuff i actually hated writing i hated writing was terrible at it but as i was working at the sports radio station kfan in minneapolis which is a, a pretty big deal in that neck of the woods um, i realized i actually really did like writing and i started doing it and i discovered that i thought i was pretty good at it and so i decided i wanted to give up the sports radio part of things because i felt like my career kind of had stagnated and hit a ceiling and i decided to basically kind of do a 180 and focus on the writing side of things and started doing a bunch of freelance stuff and covering motorsports and other stick and ball sports and that kind of thing and just kind of windy road uh, ended up here in charlotte about four years ago when i started working for the athletic I mean, it's the the way it's taken off here for you. I feel like I, I probably is going back three or four years ago. I didn't really know who you were, yep. and now it's like one of my first calls if I hear about anything that's <laughs> going on is Jordan. Uh, and obviously, you know, we've heard Bianchi bomb. And now, let me ask you this: Give me a pronunciation because I say beyond. Bianchi, 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 you got it right. Bianchi, yep. right? I've heard every pronunciation. Yeah, I've heard, I heard Chi, and I was like, I don't know if it's Chi, it's so a, I gotta, I gotta. I've been called every name in the book, good and bad. So you can call me whatever you want; it won't be offensive. Um, it's okay. Bianchi is the way to pronounce okay, it, though. Bianchi. Yeah. So, so I and 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 so you got Bianchi bombs that everybody refers to now. That you've been <laughs> dropping a lot of breaking news lately. And listen, I we kind of do some of that stuff on here, obviously, and it's kind of hard to pick and choose what you want to drop, what you want to, and, and just where, where, do, where do you come from on that about, you know, how much information do you need to feel comfortable going forward with the story and, and how much do relationships play into whether or not you drop a story? Uh, well, there's a lot to unpack there. And one is we never go with anything unless we are 100% certain and we have to have multiple sources on it. It's just not one person it has to have two people directly in, in the know uh, firsthand knowledge of the situation before we'll report it. Um, and there are times when we feel comfortable and we, we probably could go with it, but we're like, we pull back and we're like, Hey, we need to be make sure we need to, you know, dot our I's cross our T's and make sure we are absolutely certain on this. And there are times when we feel really good about it. We could probably run something, but we just don't know if that's how we want to do it. If there's a better angle on this, if you step back from a 30,000 foot perspective, is this, is there a different story here that we're missing? Um, let's talk about the Kyle Busch thing for a second, right? Like, you know, we, we kind of knew that Kyle Busch was going to leave Joe Gibbs Racing. It, you could read the tea leaves for a long time. We, we talked to people in, in, the, in that camp um, on everybody involved in that situation, and it was obvious, but it's like, okay, if he's going to leave, then where is he going? And that was the big story. And so how do you tie that together? So you always want to make sure that you have all your facts straight, first and foremost. And I, I probably say that I've never publicly reported anything that has been wrong. I mean, that's going to probably bite me in the butt one day. <laughs> um, but, you know, you never you, you want to maintain that. And I feel confident when I report something, it's going to be accurate. And there are 
Some reporters will put things on social media and they'll float things and that, that's fine. That's their own prerogative. Um, I don't do that. Um, there's times where it costs me because there's, they're putting out stuff that I already know and it's like, okay, well, oh shoot, now everybody knows, right? Yeah. But we, we have a different way and often when we report something, it's like you're going to have a full story with it um, and, and that kind of method. It's just not putting something on social media very rarely. Yeah, and and so I know, like, I, listen, I've known we've had conversations about this. You have, you've pissed some people off in the garage with some of the things you have reported. Yes. I don't know if you want to get into that, but like, has there any, ever been anything that you put out there and later maybe regretted saying maybe I shouldn't have done that? I wouldn't say regret. I think they're the you could say ah, you know, maybe I would have done it a different way, or I could have approached this a different way. I don't. I stand by everything I reported. I mean, we you the stories are the stories are like that's my job is to to write news and to break news and you know there's a there's a mindset with among some folks in the in, in the garage and really the industry of hey why are you breaking other people's news and like that's my job like whether you like it or not that's what i'm paid to do uh, and there are some people that get upset and at the end of the day i will always go up to people who um who i have stories on or whatever and i always give the opportunity like hey listen you want to yell at me you want to scream at me this is your opportunity to i get it I understand your perspective. Here's my perspective. We're probably not going to agree on this, but at least I'm going to hear you out. And if, again, if you want to call me names, you can call me any name you want in the book, and that's okay, and it'll stay between us. Yeah, and I, I was just going to say, like, we, I, I did this a couple of weeks ago before Daytona. You know, we, like, Brett and I obviously, you know, talked to a lot of people and kind of get some of the, you know, maybe driver announcements yep. that are coming out. And we had known that Myatt Snyder was going to JGR. So, like, as a little experiment, I just got on the Couchracer account, and I was like, I could break a, a, an Xfinity driver's news right mm -hmm. now if you want me to vote yes or no. And it was literally, I think, like, 51, 49, yeah. no, or maybe, you know, like, so, you, like, you, you're never going to make everybody happy, but you have a job to do, and, and you just, I don't know if it was an award or just recognition yeah. from the, you know, from, was it from the Athletic? Or? No, it's from the uh, Associated Press Sports Editor Award, which is the most prestigious award in sports journalism. Yeah, and, and I mean, so, like, you're obviously doing a very good job at your job, so continue doing it. I appreciate that. Uh, we love it. Um, you're one of the first ones I go to when I hear a rumor. I'm like, hey, what, what do you got? And he never gives it up, unfortunately, for me. But uh, I never give up who I talk to. Yeah. If I oh, that's it. for sure, yeah. Never. And, that's, and I will say that. That's part of it, though. Like, if when you develop relationships with people, you can tell me something and you know with 100% certainty I am never going to divulge who yeah. I talk to, ever. Well, like, to, this just happened, what was it, Friday? Thursday or Friday, somebody, I got a text from a spotter that's like, hey, I heard Chase Elliott broke his leg, he's out six weeks. And I'm like, and this spotter is not somebody that I would consider, like, in the know or anything. And I was like, where the hell are you getting that from? Like, so I text Jordan. I was like, you hearing anything about Chase Elliott being out six weeks? He's like, wow, no, not yet. And then like an hour later, he's like, oh, yeah. It wasn't an hour later. Uh, not even, it, was, it was not it was, even it was like, like, it was like two minutes I, It later. was during a practice or something. I was like, he's like, oh, yeah, you're getting ready to it make was, an announcement. It was, I can go back and look at the timeline, but you texted me this, and then I was like, okay. And within a minute or two, I had it. I was like, wow, this is actually legit. But yeah. that, like, that's, all, like, that's just an example of how that kind of works in the background of, you know, like we hear a rumor, and then I'll go to Jordan or, or maybe Bob. Bob, Bob's usually pretty good with stuff, but uh, yeah, so that's fun, man. Good job, Thank keep you. it up. Uh, like we like to piss people off, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> well, sure. how has that impacted the relationships you have? Right, you need to obviously know people to be yes. able to get the information. So how how has that worked? It's a it's a very good question. Um, it's a balance, and sometimes those relationships are going to be damaged because they're if I'm reporting a story on someone and they're not happy with it or they didn't want to get the news out. That's the unfortunate reality of the business. And there's going to, you know, again, you try to do it professionally. You try to do it with respect. And you try to say the acknowledgement of, hey, listen, this is not me trying to ruin anything for you. This is just me doing my job. And I always quote my favorite movie of all time. Like, this is 
This is not personal. This is business. And it's the same way that we, we get grief on here, and mm-hmm. particularly from maybe one race team in particular. Um, but it comes from everybody that, you know, you pick on us. You do this. You, and I'm like, we're not, we're not making up here like if you don't do dumb stuff there's nothing for us to talk about you know and then sometimes sometimes some of us maybe are in a bad mood one day and do do a little bit of picking but <laughs> like it, it's it's the same thing like I, I beat up on noah forever you know on here because he was doing a lot of dumb shit and he he could yeah, he came to me and said why do you talk about me on the show and i was like because you do a lot of dumb stuff i promise you if you stop doing dumb stuff i won't say anything else about it um so you know it's the same kind of you know relationship wise where you're constrained relationships by some of the stuff you say on here but you have a job to do and if if we're not if we're just vanilla and nice to everybody all the time nobody's gonna listen so uh but moving on to vegas um i didn't obviously the race went pretty well for us uh the race was i felt like a bit of a snoozer probably at home on tv uh we ran top six to eight all day got a good restart at the end ended up fourth solid day for us we needed that um but what was it like watching at home it wasn't the most entertaining race. I mean, I think it's fair to say Las Vegas was a disappointment. And I think there's a couple things there. Is one, intermediate racetracks with this new car have been sensational. They The racing at intermediate tracks, especially mile and a half racetracks, has been phenomenal, largely, across the board. And now people are excited about intermediate racetracks. It's weird because in the last year or so, it's gone from we want more short tracks to we want more intermediate tracks. And so when you look at that, the anticipation for Vegas was high. And then coming off a Fontana race, which was excellent, arguably, arguably one of the best beginning to end in Fontana history, I think people were excited for, for Las Vegas. And the race didn't deliver. The last 30 laps or so were okay. And you got the cautions late, which kind of set it up for the, the overtime. And that made it entertaining. But largely, it was pretty uneventful. I mean, William Byron dominated. Kyle Larson took over in the end there, and then they got a caution, and it, it hurt him. It just was not a very competitive race. And to me, there was a lot of similarities to Texas. Now, obviously, Texas had the tire issues, which were not good. But yesterday, in terms of the lack of excitement, reminded me of what we saw at Texas. Yeah, I mean, we, we might have gotten this in spot on, spot off later. We can just talk about it now. You know, I think that it was it – was, extremely hard to pass yesterday just being in the race um and i think it was one due to being so cold so windy track super gripped up you don't nest you don't i feel like you don't see the bottom be as dominant as it was yesterday the guys that could haul ass were just rolling the bottom all day long the the hendrick cars i don't think they ever came off the bottom maybe kyle a couple times but like typically you know vegas gets kind of hot slick kind of widens out and you see some good racing now we could run all over the place but like Bubba said, you know, you just got kind of arrow blocked in. You would have a good restart and, and end up wherever you ended up, and then you may be able to pass a guy. You might lose one spot, but that's kind of where you ran that section of the run so you pit, and it was just, you know, you could run the top and run about the same lap time, but you were losing a little bit of ground because the guy on the bottom was just taking the shorter way around and run the same lap time. So, you know, it was just a, it was a weird deal. It's not like a Vegas race we've really ever had before, especially not with this package like you said. Um, so it was, it was a little bit difficult, you know, for me, we were kind of racing all day. So it's hard for me to say, Oh, that race was terrible. Cause it was kind of, I'm in the, I'm in, in the event, like we're moving around trying to make stuff happen, but I could see like Byron's checked out. Then there's a big gap to second. He's got half. We were running, I think sixth at one point I looked up and Byron was a half a track ahead of us. So, you know, I could see where it definitely would be boring um you know watching at home or or you know i seen jeff's poll already this morning was or swayed to no it was like a 51 percent no when i voted so you know it, it is what it is and i just you know i don't know how else i don't know what else they could do 
I think it was just I was really weather related. I think is what it was coming down to yesterday. And I hope that's the case. And I don't want to sound the alarm bells. And we talked about this on, on our podcast, the teardown, which was like, okay, I'm willing to kind of give this a mulligan, right? I mean, the weather conditions yesterday was windy. It was cold. This wasn't the best conditions uh, for conducive for this car on this kind of track. Okay, that's fine. But you go back and you're starting to see like the teams kind of assert themselves a little bit. Last year was wide open, right? You had, you know, given week, you didn't know who was going to be up there and everybody was in the different guys were in the mix. If you go through the first, last two races and let's, let's push aside Daytona because it's a super speedway. You kind of are start, starting to see the same group of guys. There aren't, there isn't that track house this year and Eric Jones um, popping up and surprising people with good runs. It's been, Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain from Trackhouse. It's been the Hendrick guys. It's You're just kind of seeing the same group of guys, and I'm kind of curious to see if the teams are starting to figure out this car where they're they're fine-tuned to a point where the gap between the haves and the have-nots is actually growing and not shrinking like you, it was supposed to. You saw yesterday, plain and simple, you know, the top three were the Hendrick cars pretty much most of the day. The next four were the Toyotas most of the day. Kevin kind of got – Harvick kind of got sprinkled in there a little bit. Brad was in there a little bit. Maybe Suarez and, and Ross was in the top 10 most of the day. Um, but for the most part, like, yeah, like you, that, you saw the groups, you know, like it was the Chevys, the Toyotas, the Fords were struggling. I don't know if there's a panic button for them or not, uh, but the you, we, I thought it was really interesting because in years past, especially the 550 package, obviously not the same, you know, the, the Penske motto would always be qualify, not that great, and race really well. And they owned Las Vegas forever. And then this year they they qualify up front. Logano's on the pole, and I just watched that whole first run. They, him and Blaney just went backwards the whole time. Uh, Blaney kind of rebounded and he ran top ten a little bit. I never saw Logano again until he got wrecked by uh, the six. And you know, it just it, the the Stuart Haas cars were. I don't. I never. I literally. Kevin was the only one I saw all day. But and that's a problem with Stuart Haas though right now. I mean, yeah. it, 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 it's you kind of want to separate this between Ford overall, which I think they have their own issues. And then Stuart Haas. You look at Stuart Haas right now, it's like Kevin and everyone else. And that's been an ongoing issue with SHR largely for the last year or so. Chase Briscoe at times pops up and has had good runs. He obviously won Phoenix last year, had a great run in the playoffs, but he disappeared through the summer stretch. And if I'm SHR and I'm looking at this with Kevin Harvick set to retire, like you guys had this conversation last week. Who's going to step in that spot and help elevate this team? Because yeah. it, it's a little worrisome right now. Yeah, you need it. Like we talked about last week, you need an A guy and – Kevin's obviously their A guy. You saw yep. it yesterday. Kevin ran top 8 to 10 most of the race when, I don't know, Eric was probably 15th to 20th, I would assume, and we were lapping the 14 and the 41 almost at the end of every stage. So, you know, they were, I would say, probably 20th to 25th. So, you know, that's what we talk about when we say you got an A-level driver and then you've got kind of everybody else. Like, that. Kevin can kind of carry a substandard car a little bit further than the rest of them guys. 100%. So Jordan, Jordan with – with that in mind, who would be your opinion or your pick to replace Harvick next year? I mean, contracts aside, Eric Jones has a multi-year deal with Legacy, and I understand that, but we know how contracts work. To me, Eric Jones is a top-flight driver, and if you put him in race-winning equipment, he is going to get the job done. You do not win the Southern 500 twice without being an excellent race car driver. And I know 
this is unfortunately the reality in NASCAR. They're well, sponsorship concerns, and does he does he does he align with the right sponsors? That kind of, I don't care. At the end of the day, if I'm SHR and I want a driver in my race car is going to go win races and is going to make me better, who I know if I have in my race car is going to elevate my program, I want Eric Jones because I'm looking at the other guys in the contract right now: Chastain, Bell, Larson, Byron, Blaney, Logano. All of those guys have signed multi-year extensions. They're not going anywhere. Tyler Reddick jumped over to the Toyota camp. He's not going anywhere. Kyle Busch, who I think SHR should have went after, and they didn't for their own reasons, is now under a multi-year deal. You're not going to get those guys. But with Legacy, I would like to explore whether or not it's an option to buy him out. And I know it's going to cost money, and maybe it's not even an option. But if I'm at least going to try to get Eric Jones, because if I get him in my race car, I know I've got a guy who can go out and win races. Yeah, and that was that was the one. Did you make that yeah. article public? I, yeah. <laughs> I was trying Jordan. to keep I, again. I was not revealing that. That was you, not me. Jordan, I was keeping that. Jordan, um, I think pulled a, a few of I, a bunch of us. There was a lot of people in the and, industry. Uh, you know, I, I was my answer. Eric Jones. I felt like Eric Jones gives me Joey Logano vibes. 100%. Of of he was at Gibbs, won a couple races. Maybe didn't do the work. Maybe didn't do, uh, you know, didn't put the effort in that he needed to, and now realizes that. And you know, he's he's making the most of where he's at. But then, and then I think if he gets another opportunity, he's gonna even be a little bit better. So you know, like Joey is Joey wasn't a champion at at Gibbs. He's a champion now, a two time champion. But now, so. but with the organizational changes at Legacy, I mean, wouldn't Eric potentially want to see where where it goes, knowing that you know Jimmy's behind them now and they have a good structure in place? That, that that's fair, but I. Also, got to look at the hierarchy of how where they place in at Chevrolet, right? I mean, they're always going to be behind um, Hendrick Motorsports. They're probably always going to be behind Trackhouse and RCR. So they're going to slot in four over there. Um, that that's tough pill. And when yes, the next gen car is is supposed to kind of narrow the competitive golf, if you will, a little bit, and you know create parity. But still, at the end of the day, if I have an opportunity to go join Stuart Haas Racing, which is an elite organization that doesn't lack for resources or anything else. I'm going to take that opportunity. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had some more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, what would you do? The best way to squeeze in that extra special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. Well, I also want to hear how the Jenny Mo Media experience went since, you know, <laughs> Freddie, you were the only one who technically survived yeah, and was here for your day job. So. I was only there for about an hour or so, but it was great. I mean, we had, I, I, if it wasn't sold out, we must have been close. Uh, there was about 60 people there. Um, that, uh, and the thing that gets me every time is the amount of people that come back. You know, I've seen, I've seen the same people. I think we have one couple that's gone to every one. I thought... Um, the the coffees they I think I'm pretty sure they've been to every dirty mo experience we've ever had so and and we're talking cl- crossing the country we we go to Vegas we're in Charlotte we're in Bristol last year we're gonna have some more this year obviously 
Um, but I mean, just an unbelievable time. The fans they got to they got to hear the Columbia story. Of course, it just so happened I was wearing my Columbia hat when that <laughs> happened. Um, but uh, yeah, just unbelievable time. I, I, they were sending me videos all race long of everything that was going on down there. I do have to. We need to poll the fans to see if it was any better or worse that they had to deal with Brett the entire race. <laughs> I mean, I think we already know the answer because to that one. there's no telling what went on. There was a lot in years past. There was like I saw when we were they were getting the suite ready. There would be like you know a bucket of fireball that they were sticking in like and a bucket's got like thirty fireballs in it maybe or something like that. They would stick a you know, fireball in everybody's cooler. Well, yesterday what, there was cases, so I'm concerned about everybody's health today. They were putting uh, liquid <laughs> IVs in the in the in the bags to help out with that. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to hear how it went for the fans after I left and during the race. But as always, it was great to see everybody. We can't we can't stress enough how much you guys mean to us and and to see the support we get in those Dirty Mo experiences. We hope you enjoyed it. There were some people there that was their first race that they've ever been to, so now they're probably a little bit spoiled on the, the they they probably can't or, go sit in the grandstand. <laughs> well, I would I would like to see DBC expand this beyond just a suite and like you guys do a thing on Saturday night and then take everyone on Saturday night and then on Sunday you've got the suite experience as well. You can make like a whole weekend. The problem with that is half of them wouldn't make it to the suite on Sunday if Including we did the dirty. Including <laughs> I would pay to be part of this. I just want to witness this. Uh, I I did take out uh, Jason and bartender Ben. Uh, which where is Jason? Is he not? Was he flying? I back hear today? he sucks pretty bad these uh, Jason, days. So yeah, Jason, I, don't, I don't really know. If Denny's great, whatever. Like if Denny is great, Jason's on the other end of that spectrum. <laughs> he's I don't know I don't know if he sucks or, or what he is, but Jason is on the other end of that. Well, it used to be TJ sucks, so I think we. Just yeah, switch we'll just up. switch it up to Jason sucks. Um, but yeah, so they, they, I took the two of the him and bartender Ben. We took them out. I took them out on a Saturday night. I met them up at the Cosmo and took them out for a couple drinks. Strip club? They got. To, I did not take them. To, I've never. Nobody believes me when I say this. I have never been to a strip club in Las Vegas. Like well, there's, keyword there's, is Las Vegas. I mean, yeah, that's only well, one. Well, one the, I feel like the only one I've ever been to is not ever, but the only one I ever go to on a maybe regular basis is the one in Daytona. It's because it stays open an hour later than every other bar. But uh, <laughs> the Great. I'm sitting this conversation. Yeah, out. you sit <laughs> over there. Just be quiet. Well, I, I got some notes. I'm from, doing my from TJ Jeff. impersonation at this Please, point. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I got some notes from Jeff on what what talk about. Oh, that's don't fine. You worry. I, that, that's fine. I will just say I think strip clubs are highly overrated. So. Yeah, I don't like like the one in the one in Daytona is uh, it's it was used to be a nightclub. Like it's a huge yeah. space. So you really don't even know. Like most strip clubs, you go in and you're kind of on the stage, and there's God knows what going on around no you. No idea what this you're talking about. This place is you can, yeah. This place you can go and like you don't even really know you're in there except for there's a girl who walks by every once in a while. Um, but huh. uh, yeah, so I took them out. I think Ben got drunk. Uh, Jason, I think, was well versed, and he didn't want to do that again this year because he got drunk last year, um, which is probably why he sucks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we ran into Duggar. Duggar. Made them do about 12 shots. Um, and then Drew was out for a little while, which Drew had a big night the last year with them guys, and he took it a little bit easier this time too. So they enjoyed themselves, and the suite was, like I said, it was amazing. The girls, uh, sh thank you to Shayna uh, Navarro and Tina Bullens. They set everything up. They, they did an amazing job. They were in there at like 5.30 in the morning on Sunday doing all that, packing all the coolers and, and setting up the design and stuff. So... It was a great job by them. Great time for everybody. I seen Gluck snuck in there. We're gonna have to send him a bill for that. Uh, but make him do shots. Yeah, I don't. Maybe they did after they left. I don't know. He was he he had just gotten there as I was leaving. I felt bad for him because he walked in the suite. And he had like a parka on because he was probably freezing to death. 
Um, he was wearing this is this wasn't he wearing something ridiculous and where were we was that L.A. when I asked him like he had a big heavy coat on yeah, it was a big like heavy degrees. coat in L.A. and it was like <laughs> it was we were in the garage in L.A. and he's got a big heavy jacket on and he's like it's he's sweating I'm like why are you wearing a parka like this you look ridiculous <laughs> he had the same one on in the suite yesterday so yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah it was it was amazing and I don't know when we're gonna announce the next one uh, I have a feeling Mike has a few ideas oh. up his sleeve so stay oh, tuned sure. I'm sure I'm sure that will be announced soon spot on spot off spot off spot on <laughs> yeah spot on it was super fun yesterday to ride around there and i am spot off damn where'd he come from freddie since you are on top of your game today spot on spot off i'm out of notes by the way so this is it i'm done <laughs> Thankfully, we are at the final topic because I don't already? Golden know Gooseys. that we can handle it much more. I thought it was a good race. I don't think a lot of people agreed with you. This is what I, I told you we should skip spot off, spot off. I absolutely told you we should skip it. Straight to DBC picks. We should just go shaking. Let's start one idiot right now. Yeah, let's just, I mean, what an idiot could probably be a, a 30 minute segment right now. First topic, Hendrick Motorsports team president Jeff Andrews says of Chase, it was an accident. Our guys have to go out and live their life after Elliot fractured his tibia in a snowboarding accident. And Jordan, I am throwing you into the fire. Spot on, spot off. Spot off. Um, I, I say this, if I'm a NASCAR team owner, I am protecting my drivers in bubble wrap. And I do not want them to do any extracurricular activities where they could get hurt. Because I look at the situation with the, the nine team right now, and if I'm Napa, all of a sudden, my driver, who I've invested millions in, there's a possibility, maybe it's small, but it's still a possibility now that he's not going to make the playoffs. He's not going to be able to compete for the championship. That's a frustrating situation. And I understand that drivers have to live their life. And I, and I understand that they need an outlet to get out and, and get away from the stress. But there are other ways to do that other than doing extracurricular sports that bring a high risk to it. And I understand that Chase has been doing this for a long time. He's good at snowboarding. He's used to it. I understand all that, but it's still a risk, and it's an unnecessary risk. And in this day and age, with all of the money and the investment and everything else and everything on his shoulders on the organization that's put on him, I just cannot justify drivers going out and doing these kind of things. I understand you've got to, you've got to get away from things, to play golf, do something else uh, recreational that doesn't put you at a heightened risk to get hurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm on the fence here so bad I feel like TJ – <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion guys should live their life. I feel like you should put it in the hands. I don't know if it needs to be contractual, but I feel like you should put it in the hands of the driver to be smart enough to, to not put yourself at risk. And, and do I have a problem with him going snowboarding? Not really. Do I have a problem with him going snowboarding the day before practice? Probably less than 24 hours before practice? Maybe. Now, it wouldn't have mattered if he broke his leg on Monday or Tuesday. He's still going to be out. He's still going to be out. But, you know, it, I see the, the, our, my stuff, and I'm sure Brett's did too. Twitter, everything blew up with, I guess you got your one idiot for the week. You know, uh, what an idiot. No, and, I, and, and I don't think, you know, it, it, listen, it, you, if you love snowboarding, do it in December. Or, you know, and, that's my thing. You know, and, and I get it. You know, the thing that really cracked me up about this, you know, uh, literally blew up hundreds of technical tweets and stuff about there's your what an idiot, what an idiot, how could he do this? The guy ran a midget at the Chili Bowl. He ran a midget a bunch of times last year um, with no experience, no experience whatsoever, just jumped in a midget and went, which I think is one of the most dangerous forms of racing that we have in this country. And every time I saw him race, there was a line of people waiting for an autograph. 
while they were there, were they were they shouting at him, you're an idiot for doing this because you're jeopardizing your season in the nine car? No. So if if you're gonna show up and, and support him at these dirt races when when you know he's out there risking just as much to to, to you know, you can you could say uh, he's he's you know trying to improve his racecraft, but I mean, you could just as easily. I mean, there's a reason why JGR basically told Christopher Bell last year, "You're done driving midgets after that race in Texas." Like, it's one of the most dangerous forms of racing that we have. And the, if you're not going to call him an idiot while he's out there running a midget, you can't really call him an idiot for skiing. And to me, that's the juxtaposition of this: is I understand the argument of Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell make of saying, "Hey, I need to go race these these midget cars, these sprint cars, because it makes me a better driver on Sundays." I get all that, and I there I believe there's truth on that. But I also look at it and say. I also need to protect my investment. I do not need you on the sidelines. I need you in that race car on Sundays at 100% because we have so much counting on you, whether it's sponsorship, whether it's employees, whatever. We are expecting you to be in that race car 100%. And, yeah, if you want to do these things, do it in the offseason, right? And you look at other professional athletes in other sports, they have it in their contracts. You can't skydive. You can't ski. You can't snowboard. You can't do anything that you can potentially get. You can't even ride a motorcycle. You yeah. know, and I, I look at it and say, why? Why do we not have that same standard for race car drivers? And again, I, I want to see these guys go do other things because I do think it helps motorsports overall, but it brings risk. And there's a balance there, and I don't know what that balance is. But when it comes to snowboarding and skiing, and I keep going back to this example of Tony Stewart when he went off road uh, dune bugging before the season started and ended up breaking his back. It's like that to me is unnecessary. Like is it a heightened risk that you don't need to do when you have so much on your shoulders? Yeah. And, and we talk about on here all the time, especially like when a guy's retiring or something, there's so many people, so many people that are dependent mm -hmm. on Chase Elliott, you know, whether it's his team, the families of his team, his, his PR people, his management people, you know, there's so many people that are dependent on him sponsorship wise. Um, and, and, and you put that all at risk. And obviously, you know, we know he's been and you, I heard Jeff last night talking about like you could fall down the stairs and break your leg. I hate that argument. I feel it, like I feel like it's not the same if you're skiing down no. a mountain. There's a heightened <laughs> risk between like walking normally and I, I, I slip because I'm a klutz and I, and I fall down the <laughs> stairs versus I'm going to willingly go strap on a pair of skis or snowboard down a mountain. Like there is a difference there. And yes, you can get hurt. You know, any walk of life. I mean, Carl Edwards, you know, years ago just was walking and he broke his foot. Right. I mean, it happens. Denny Hamlin hurt himself playing basketball. I get all that. But again, don't put yourself in a situation where there, there is a greater risk. And I just feel like there's a, there's a balance there that needs to be a little bit better. Yeah. And I, like I said, I think that I think I don't want to see the contracts come out and, and just, you know, hammer these guys down. I just feel like it's I seen I think it was Brad that said, like, you know, we don't we don't have any restrictions on Christ Christopher Busher, Christopher Busher. Um, uh, <laughs> but we expect kind of, you know, just a, a little bit of sensibility yeah. of, you know, maybe the pick the right times and the right things to do. Um, interestingly enough, I did hear that I listened to the teardown last night. And I thought your uh, waiver position was very interesting. Like, listen, we, we can so, talk about whether or not he's going to get one. He's going to get, get one. He's going to get one. Yeah. Like, I believe that NASCAR hands out waivers too easily. Like, I, I believe that there should be a heightened standard for what constitutes a driver receiving a waiver. And, and in this instance, and again, I just want to say, Chase Elliott is going to get a waiver. I, if I was NASCAR, I'm looking at this saying, wait a second, you did something outside of NASCAR. You did outside something outside of motorsports in general, and you put yourself at risk. Why are we giving you a waiver for something that you decided to do? Um, so I believe that NASCAR should maybe not, in every instance like they have been doing, ha hand out waivers. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're never going to draw the line, like yeah. you know what I mean. Like so, 
if all – instead of saying we're going to give out waivers, yes or no, like just say you can't take any weeks off because that's all this is yeah. – th- this whole waiver system is designed so that if you got five wins, you don't want to go but to it, Hawaii in the middle of the season. But it's not like, going to happen because like, you're contracted to yeah. your owner. Your car owner is expecting you to be in that race car. Your car no car owner is going to say, hey, you know what? you got five regular season wins. We'll see you in the playoffs. Like, yeah. they, but at the same time, our offseason is what, like two and a half months long if that – like, even if he were to break his leg or do whatever earlier, or Kyle Larson running Chili Bowl, if something would happen, like, that doesn't even give enough time to heal because our offseason is so short. It, it depends on when the injury is. It happens in December. I mean, it, it, how severe, severe the injury is. If he's only going to miss, you know, I've heard anywhere from six to ten weeks, like, there's a window there. If it happens in November or December, he still could be healthy for the Daytona 500, or he's healthy enough to a point where he could get in the race car and at least start it or something at that level. I don't know. I, I just think the waiver policy is too is too open and, and too lax. And, yeah. I, and I just want to see guys a little bit more tougher standard. I mean, they had the I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. Maybe was it Sauter? Somebody got it's suspended. Johnny Sauter at Iowa in 2019 got parked at Iowa for intentionally wrecking. <laughs> I believe it was Austin Hill got suspended a race and they gave him a, and, and they, they still gave him a waiver, which is crazy. <laughs> it's like you just did something that was let's be honest, moronic, you intentionally wrecked somebody on a racetrack and you got parked and you got suspended for it, you deserve whatever consequences come your way. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's just it, – there, there is no – has anybody ever been denied a waiver? Not that I know of. I, I've heard whispers that it that it's happened, but I, nothing I feel comfortable saying publicly. But I, I do feel like – I haven't heard anything. Yeah. End of the day, Chase is getting a waiver yeah, no matter what. Yeah. And, I would be and, shocked. Yeah, like there's no way he's not getting a waiver. But – who do you envision will replace him for the next few weeks? <laughs> this After is you, it's all you. <laughs> um, if it was me, it would be Josh Berry. Um, I think you know. There's 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 not many names on the list. Again, if you listen to the teardown, I thought they covered it great last night. Uh, Josh Berry's on the list. Um, Jimmy, Johnson? Jimmy Johnson's on the list. I think you got to make that phone call. Yeah, right? you got to make that phone call. See if he's available. If he wants to do I, it, say it's about I, if he yeah. wants to do it or not. Um, Corey LaJoy is another interesting option. If you could, you know, he's in that Chevy camp, you may be able to sneak him away from Spire for a couple months. That, um, that's why that, would, that go, would be really. a story. I mean, if that, if that was an option, I think that's your best option because it's a guy with experience. I, I relate this a lot to uh, the Ty Gibbs situation last year, filling in for Kurt Busch. I think Josh is a guy that Chevy has kind of pinpointed that they, they, you know, they probably would like to keep in their camp, and he's got, obviously got a little more potential moving forward than I think a guy like Justin does, uh, Allgaier, um, is because I've seen a lot of people, why, why would they, Justin has a couple starts, uh, why would they do that, over Josh or Justin? I think it's just, that, you know, they're trying to get Josh seat time in the next-gen car. There's no secret that Dale's sniffing around cup ownership. I think if he goes cup racing, Josh is probably towards the top of his list of guys he'd like to have drive his car. So, you know, if it's a good opportunity to get Josh – six or seven starts listen i saw everybody's like oh wow hendrick one two three yesterday and josh is 29th there's no expectations for josh yesterday you got thrown to the wolves if you expected if if anybody expected him to run top 10 it was an unreal expectation like he was just out there yesterday making laps and hopefully he you know progresses here in the next few weeks i don't and he, they haven't announced he's not they like, haven't announced they have they're, they're gonna announce it they're gonna make a decision on a monday on who's gonna drive the car and again you want to look at a driver you know is going to be there week in and week out you don't want a rotating cast of drivers you want somebody who the team can get acclimated with who is, is going to give you something on a weekly basis and hopefully if it's, it's Josh Berry is going to get a little bit more experience and then improving um, it's gonna be interesting to see the Corey LaJoy thing is fascinating and this is just pure speculation I don't want to like make it sound like we're you know an inside knowledge but like Corey has done a really good job this year's three straight top 20 finishes he is a talent and he's never really been given this opportunity 
I do feel like because the, the, the Chevy connection there and there's maybe a little bit of a loose alliance there with the, with the organizations, like you could maybe finagle a way to do it. It is not dissimilar from 2015 when Kyle got hurt and Joe Gibbs Racing went, went and got David Reagan away from another Toyota team. Like it is possible to do this and explore. I'm just saying if the idea is to keep the nine car competitive and, and up in owner's points because they do have the owner's playoff points, you want somebody who has experience. And no disrespect to Josh, who I think is a talent, but he doesn't have the experience. And you look at a Ty Gibbs last year or a Noah Gregson, they hop into these situations. They don't have experience. It's really hard. But you put Corey in that opportunity, like top 10s are realistic all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, Corey's done an unbelievable job this year. The team, whether it's car speed or Corey himself, you know, he's stacking pennies, as he likes to say. But he's, he's done a really good job this year. And and he, hopefully maybe Rick still got that letter Corey wrote him <laughs> a handful of years ago. Yeah. Maybe he can pull that out of the drawer. But, I mean, again, you mentioned the Jimmy Johnson thing, right? Like, you go back to 2016, and when Dale got hurt and he couldn't race, who did they end up putting in that car? Like, a Jeff Gordon, who did not want to race anymore, but because of the contractual sponsorship and everything like that, they, they had to go down that avenue. I at least pick up the phone call and, and gauge Jimmy's interest. And it makes sense for Jimmy because Jimmy's going to run more races mm -hmm. for his own team moving forward in the year, and this is an opportunity to get more seat time in this next-gen car, which, you know, it's it's nothing like anything they've driven before. So, you know, any t opportunity to get seat time in, in some of these different types of racetracks, like you talked about, you know, we got a lot of different kind of racetracks coming up, especially short tracks, which I think kind of lends itself a little bit to Josh, too. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting if I was me and it would, it, you'd be, if, if it's Chevy's obviously weighing in heavily in this decision. And if Chevy has something pegged for Josh in the future, I think that it's going to be Josh just to make sure we get Josh as much seat time as possible in the next gen car. If you're solely worried about performance of the nine car, it, it, Corey would be obviously, I think, the best option. But if you're if you're a sponsor like Napa, wouldn't you want them to select somebody who if has more If you're a sponsor experience? like Napa, you want them to call Dale Jr. all day, every day, <laughs> until he doesn't answer the phone anymore. <laughs> obviously, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think Dale wants to race as much as they'll need him. But uh, that would be the sponsorship side of it. That's the guy you call 100 times a day. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash, with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Moving on, Byron and Larson led a combined total of 239 laps in Sunday's race, with the rest of the field only leading 32 laps. Um, it had 13 lead changes overall and four cautions. Spot on, spot off. Freddie. Yeah, I mean it's spot off. You know, you can't uh, the, we talked about it earlier. It's it, it it's just yesterday's conditions and and you hope it's not the car, which the car, I'm not going to blame the car because the track record on the mile and a half has been much better than it has in the past. I think it's just as windy as it was, as cold as it was, track super gripped up. We ran lanes consistently more so than we had in the past. I just think that, you know, it's it, it was just 
hopefully it's a um, you know abnormality of just let let let's this one go and see what happens in the next one. But hopefully, God, if the, the next mile and a half is which mile and a half is Atlanta, it doesn't count. Um, but Kansas it, is the next Kansas quote is the unquote, next true yeah. mile and a half racetrack. Yeah. Hopefully, the same team dominates there again. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> as last year, yeah, as last year, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But you know, I think yesterday was just kind of an outlier, and hopefully, we get back to normal. But I can't. It was. It was a. Bit, I looked up there and I'm like, man, they're gone. Like, how are we ever going to touch these guys all day long? Spot off for me because look, I'm just just throw job. I'm just knocking stuff over. You'll never invite me back. <laughs> um, spot off for me. And like I said, this wasn't a great race. As great as Fontana was, this was on the opposite end of the spectrum. It wasn't too competitive. You needed a late caution to make things interesting. If Larson wins that race going away, like it looked like he was going to. I think the I think the criticisms or the blowback would probably be even heightened today than it would be otherwise. I, I just didn't think this was good. I hope it's the conditions. I hope it's not something uh, with this car. It, I am a little concerned though because I go back to last year in the mile and a half racetracks, Las Vegas and Homestead. The last two we raced at last year were okay, but they weren't great. Larson and Truex dominated Homestead, right? It wasn't what we typically thought we were going to see, and we hadn't seen a mile-and-a-half racetrack throughout the year. Vegas was okay. Now we've got another one, and I'm starting to wonder if the teams are getting their hands on this race car now, and they're figuring it out, and we're starting to see a little bit of separation. We're going back to how it was before the next-gen car. Yeah, and you've seen, like, it's, I'm telling you yesterday was, and I hadn't really seen this so much in the past as I did yesterday, it was so hard to pass. Like, arrow blocking was such a necessity yesterday. Harvick was doing it. He was driving us crazy. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He was just blocking, you know, and not, like, pulling up in front of us and blocking, like, just kind of positioning his car in front of us when we were a couple car lengths back and just taking our air away, and we couldn't get around him. And then we finally got a little bit of lap traffic, got position on him, and then we put a half straightaway on him in a lap. You saw it with the 24 car. He led 175 laps or something yesterday, and the beginning of the race, he's dominant. Checked out, half a track out. He's almost half a straightaway out on Larson. They have a, a bad pit stop. He comes out third or fourth, and he runs third or fourth until the next caution. You know, so he, there was not like if the, if the twenty four was such a dominant race car, he drives back to the lead. He the, you couldn't do that yesterday. It was just the the cars were going the same speed. I looked up and down lap times, and I'm like, okay, we're we're a half a tenth. We're running seventh, but we're running a half a tenth off of what the leaders are running. It's just you get out and you kind of get in space and dirty air. You couldn't really move around. You couldn't pass, and it was just because we were the corner speeds were so high yesterday that there was no. We always talk about on here off throttle time produces great racing because you having to set up a guy. When are you going to get off throttle? How much brake are you going to use? And yesterday we we're telling Bubba like. Keep doing everything you can to not go to a zero percent throttle. Like they, you know, they know what their throttle position is on the dashboard, and like we're like just whatever you can do to not go all the way to zero percent. So that means pretty much everybody's not coming completely out of the throttle, and that's what we're trying to do to keep up. So like that's what that's what hurt the racing yesterday, and it's just you know hopefully like I said an outlier, but you know a great car if you put him third or fourth is going to run third or fourth yesterday, and that's just the way it was. NASCAR throws the caution after Eric Almirola hit the wall with four laps to go and opts not to throw a caution on the last lap after a multi-car crash that involved Almendinger, Priest, McDowell, Jones, and Kislowski. Jordan, spot on, spot off. Spot on. I was okay with all of this. Um, you look at the Almirola crash and watching it at home on Fox, initially when I saw Almirola hit the wall, they're like, oh, really? That's a caution? Like, that didn't look that bad, and he was driving away. But then they showed a, a, a longer replay, and then it was like, oh, no. He, he did hit the wall pretty good, and there looked to be debris coming off the car. So that, to me, warrants a caution in that situation. On the, the multi-car crash on, on the last lap, 
Almendinger got T-boned. He got hit driver's side, and that's concerning. But he also drove away. So he was very obvious that he was not injured. He didn't stop. His window net didn't come down. And so when he drives away, to me, okay, he, our biggest concern is him. He's driving away. He's fine. That doesn't warrant a caution. Plus, it happened on the backstretch. I heard a lot of people say, well, you know, Daytona in turn one, they had the crash. That was in turn one, turn one and turn two. This was on the backstretch. The cars aren't going as fast there. There was more room to operate. There wasn't anybody in a situation that you felt they were injured. I was okay with how NASCAR handled the race. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of people happy. We always get this. If there's a caution on the last lap, it's 50-50. It's like, it's like kind of how'd your DraftKings lineup do on that last restart, you know? Um, but the, you know, the Almirola caution, I think, needs to be a caution. What a lot of people don't realize, it, you know, it's easy hindsight to go, well, damn, he spun out, just brushed the wall, and he continued on down the front stretch. Well, the booth's not watching Eric Almirola go around the race crowd. You know, the, the, the guy, the tower is watching the entire race, and somebody taps him on a shoulder or somebody a corner spotter goes turn three and you look up and there's a car almost completely sideways smoke coming off of it heading towards the wall you're gonna hit the caution button like you know like so the, the i didn't have a problem with it and you don't know you see him spinning you see him he's not spinning but like if and if he doesn't hit the wall he's gonna spin completely out and that's a, obviously a caution so he, he finally gets the fence gets and he hits the wall again you don't know where he's going when he comes off the wall. You know, if we've seen these cars break toe links and, and front end suspension parts, he could easily hit the wall. What happened was he hit the wall, continued on down the front stretch, dropped a little bit of debris, but continued on. Maybe if you let the whole situation play out, maybe it didn't need to be a caution. But in the moment, you don't know that he didn't break a toe link and it's going to come right back down the racetrack and collect five more other cars. When you look up and see smoke coming off a car and a car's completely sideways, you're going to throw the caution flag, especially in a moment when you probably really want to throw a caution flag because your race is <laughs> been awful and you would like a good finish so maybe the the poll is 50 50 instead of 75 25 um so they were they were obviously looking for a caution and i there i had no fault with them on that one the backstretch deal same thing i, I kind of agree with jordan of i i seen that i seen i didn't know that the, jordan informed me this morning when we got here that elmer uh aj almendinger Two names are too close together. Uh, <laughs> Almendinger drove away. If I didn't, if I had, if 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 AJ did not drive away, I would have said that should have been a caution because of the shot he took in the door. And we talk about this all the time. The the biggest thing is driver safety in those situations. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you see somebody take a hit to the wall in turn one, I don't care what lap it is. If the guy hits the fence at Daytona, Vegas, wherever. You want to be able to get the safety workers to him immediately. And that's the big thing, and is that's getting the safety get, workers there. And the, the biggest thing with that is, and they go, oh, well, you know, just send them out there. They can't go until we take the checker. And when I say take the checker, I mean everybody. Yeah. You know, not just the leader. You know, everybody, and as opposed to the yellow, when the yellow comes out, they can kind of roll immediately because everybody's supposed to be slowing down. And, and so I, I when I saw that hit initially to the drivers, I'm like, oh, maybe they should have threw the caution. I didn't realize he drove away. So when you see him drive away, I'm okay with it and let them guys race to the finish, but it's 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 a it's a coin toss deal on that last lap deal because you know obviously you want to see the good finish you know you want to see him race to the line, but you also have to be concerned about the driver's safety and you see a guy take a hit kind of like the one you saw yesterday he continued on so that was fine, but you know it, the biggest thing when them cautions come out on the last lap is we got to get safety workers to them. Obviously, it sucks if we got to throw the yellow and they don't get to race back to the line, but it's, the safety overcomes any kind of on-track you know, performance. 100%. And if he would have been stopped on the racetrack, and then you throw that caution and you get that safety team out there ASAP. But because he was able to drive away, the, the signal is he's okay. We can continue on. Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here. Excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. 
The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Well, moving on to topics around Phoenix, NASCAR announces updates to their short track package ahead of their first short track race of the season. Uh, The changes include changing the spoiler length to two inches and the removal of three diffuser strikes. And this will result in a 30% reduction of downforce. What do you guys think, Freddie? I mean, spot on. They, They had to do something. The short track package was awful last year. Um, they were just getting and the longer we went on with the same package we were it was going to get worse because all we do is get better everybody gets better so you just keep making the box smaller and smaller and you will see less and less passing um listen this is a step in the right direction we've talked about you know less downforce hopefully smaller spoiler uh taking them strakes off i don't i'm not engineered background enough to know what the difference is they say 30 percent. i'll believe them uh and and just hopefully it promotes better racing because we can't have what we had last year i'm interested to know and i don't know if anybody's asked this question why why bristol and dover are not included i'm assuming just banking, banking. concrete yep that's the load on the cars i would assume um but yeah i that, i'm spot on just Let's try something because we we can't continue to on what we did last year. Yeah, spot on with all the exclamation points. Like the road course package and the short track package last year did not work. And those are supposed to be those marquee races those that gets fans excited. That's why you've got all these short tracks or the road courses on there now. That's why you're getting more short tracks. And when you have races consistently, like you had Martinsville last year, Richmond, and, and the road courses, like you can't have that. You, you've got to figure this out. And when you've got Phoenix hosting the championship race, you, you've got to have a product on the racetrack that gets people excited. Hopefully the car are sliding around a little bit that it's hard to break and with it's going to be interesting to see if this works but this is a big test and they had to do something you could not go into this year and not do anything i'm encouraged to see what the what this does but i'm also part of me is like if this doesn't work then what yeah that's the concern my my like this car we talked about it from day one you know safety concerns aside this car like was designed to you know be great on road courses. This was everybody mm-hmm. saw. Well, this is more of a sports car. It's gonna be great on road courses. Well, that's kind of lackluster. Short tracks have been awful. Super speedways awful. Mile and a half yesterday, pretty bad. And that's concerning to me. Like right, I mean, like in all of a sudden, if if yesterday becomes what we kind of see now on intermediate tracks and mile and a half, and the short track package doesn't work as anticipated, all of a sudden you're looking at a situation where, wait wait a second, like the car doesn't work well on road courses and short tracks, which we kind of knew. The fix that we thought was going to work didn't work. And now we're starting to see this great product on the intermediate tracks kind of go the other direction. 
then what? Yeah, like you, like, and I think you guys talked about last night. Harvick was talking about like keeping teams on their toes. Yeah, the longer you let teams, like if, if, the longer the package stays the same, the teams are just going to keep getting better at it. And we talked about this last year, where eventually you're going to see the cream rise to the top, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of going to go back to the balance it was before, where the parity's not so much there anymore, and and. We're getting there. So now, like you know, like you saw yesterday, Hendricks one through three. Now mm-hmm. maybe they just had the fast cars, and they just was gripped up best for them in the, the conditions there were yesterday. But you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. I'm just hoping to God we have a good race at Phoenix. Which Phoenix, I I don't want to judge the package on Phoenix either because it's hard. since 19, Jamie Murray came on here last year and said we haven't had a good race at Phoenix since 1989. So <laughs> you know, like the the Phoenix racetrack itself, I don't think induces itself to great racing. But you I'm know. curious about Richmond, though. Um, yeah. You've got Coda and Richmond, you know, which is a road course and a short track coming up. And that's going to be, I think, a, a better test than Phoenix is and to see where things are at. We'll see. And to go back to your point about the teams getting their hands on this, this offseason was the first time that the teams really had their hands wrapped around this car. Because a year ago, they had offseason testing with this car. They hadn't even settled on the rules package yet. They're still figuring this out. Now this, this car was in their shops for the offseason. And I talked to so many different people, engineers, crew chiefs, team people, and they all said the same thing. Once we get our hands on this, and yes, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kit car, quote-unquote, and yes, we're in a box and what we can do, but when you put so many smart people and these organizations that have 400, 500 people in, in their organizations that can get their hands around this car, they're going to find things that are, is going to be the difference. And there was a little bit of, yeah, last year was about parity, and you saw 19 different winners, but this year you're going to see, as you said, the cream rise to the top. And I think that is through two races on non-super speedways, because like, you can't count Daytona, I, I think it's part of why you haven't really seen a team kind of come out of nowhere and rise up and do well. Even RCR, and people throw that out there, they won three races last year on, on road courses and yeah. intermediate tracks. And Austin won on the super speedway at Daytona. So... Like that had they had a lot of speed last yeah. year. So then they should have won more. Probably Reddick, Reddick should have won five six races easy, yeah. but they had all sorts of issues. And so them having speed this year is no surprise. We haven't seen that mid pack team come up and all of a sudden wait wait where did they come from? They've got their they got their act together. Yeah. To that point though, do you think there are any changes that NASCAR may look to make mid season to try and kind of help with that excitement and with the lack of consistency, I guess? I don't know. I mean, it just depends on where this car is at and what they can do. And I, I, I'm i always hesitant to go down the, 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 the technology road because it's just not my forte. And I start saying things that make no sense because I know <laughs> nothing. Same. I, I can't even change the tire, okay? Like, listen, <laughs> listen, it's not good. I, I do think NASCAR, the, the, the tool Kevin said that was right, is you have to throw teams a curveball. You can't let them get... I don't want to say complacent, but you can't let them get comfortable with this car and what they know is, is going to happen and how this is going to react. And you have to continually adjust and maybe throw things away. Maybe it's a time when you go back to how it used to be in the 90s when all of a sudden NASCAR would issue a midweek uh, rules change. And by the way, the Pontiacs are going to have lower spoilers this week and Ford's going to have a higher spoiler. I, yeah. I don't know if it's something of that nature, but I know NASCAR's got a lot of levers to pull and they're going to have to pull them at some point if this continues. Within the next two years, Stuart Haas Racing is a two-part team. You got Harvick retiring. Word is Budweiser's out. You got Almirola retiring. Allegedly. Who knows? 
Gene already almost sponsors one of those cars full time. That pretty much leaves you with a car and a half to two cars of sponsorship. And Ryan Priest, who is an absolute stud in a modified, unproven in cup. I mean, I don't see them cutting back to two cars. I don't think they can contractually uh, their deal with Ford. Yeah, so. I think that they're a four car team. Uh, like we said, we just they got to find some money and find the right guy. And I hope we talk about on here all the time: money over talent, talent over money. Like. Dear God, please pick an A-level driver. Don't go get somebody because they bring a checkbook with them. Because if you do, your whole team's going to run in the 20s. But that's the thing with this Anheuser-Busch component that we don't know. And and I've heard a lot of talk about Anheuser-Busch being in play. And, I've heard, and I know that other teams have already had con with contact with them about bringing them over. If Stuart Haas Racing loses Anheuser-Busch, that is a lot of money. And all of a sudden, you're not just looking at a driver. You're now got to figure out a sponsorship thing. And if you've got Anheuser-Busch still there, it opens up the playbook, and you can go out and say, listen, we're going to get the best driver. But if you lose the sponsor, all of a sudden, you may have to look at a different scenario. And you look at SHR, they are not adverse to taking drivers that bring funding with them. And if you lose a sponsor like this, it's just So if luck. you were SHR, would you provide more Anheuser-Busch with more pull on who that driver is. Oh, absolutely. Is. I mean, I, honestly, I would go to them. I would have already had blank the check. Yeah, like here, you I pick. Would, <laughs> who you want. <laughs> you give me a list of names of who you want in order, and I'm going to start working my list, way down that list to getting one of those guys in my car because I don't want to lose your business. You're a great sponsor. You're a great partner. You're spending a lot of money with us. Finding replacement sponsors like that is not easy to do in this environment. Yeah, I, I am I am inviting them into the room and almost letting them make the decision. Yeah, I mean, you have to. With Harvick owning a management company, I mean, do you think that he is more involved as well in bringing in that person? It's possible. I mean, there's definitely that component, but if they're already talking to other teams, you've got to wonder where the KHI side of this comes in. I don't know what idiot is in the booth, but there's no consistency in cautions. A car taps the wall, we throw a caution. The guy obliterates himself on the back stretch, no caution. It, it's just bull. <laughs> Very angry. <laughs> that guy's DraftKings didn't go well. No, he you did know. not. <laughs> I seen a buddy of mine that I know, uh, uh, Brad Saucier from uh, the Black Flag podcast. He he tweeted some stuff out about like I hope Eric Amarola has a terrible rest of his night, and I just know that is wow. directly related yeah. to some kind of gambling with him. Either he had somebody to finish in the top five that didn't, or <laughs> probably Larson <laughs> I was to win. Say he had Larson you to know. win. I guarantee uh, you, he had Larson winning. So, so I, I just laugh. So I, when I saw that, I'm like, you know, that's probably the majority of the people uh -huh. are just. I'm so pissed about that caution, but it has nothing to do with anything other than how it directly reflected it's them. All or about driver. my wallet and the bottom yeah. line. Exactly. Yeah, we've seen that. We saw that in years past with like the Chase fans of you know if they race uh, somehow some Chase. Got Screw the end of the race. It was the worst call in the history of the race. Or if he won, it was okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's directly related to how it affected you. And again, we we already touched on it. I think both I think both calls were right. I, I think safety in, in this point wasn't compromised. NASCAR did the right thing. And if the 16 had been stranded or apparently had been AJ had been hurt or dinged up or anything that like that, the caution would have been called. He wasn't. He drove away. They made the right decision. Come on, NASCAR. Are you kidding me with that last caution? Two laps to go. Larson's winning. I thought that race itself was great. You know, it had a lot of different pit strategies going on and i'm just not one of those fans that needs a whole lot of cautions uh for it to be a good race and the fact that they had to throw that caution just because almirola got some smoke on the rear tires when he got loose like he honestly like they didn't even wait a split second he had it saved but they had to throw the caution out just to make it more interesting and they need to stop for the love of god please 
Uh, so he didn't have it saved. <laughs> he hit the wall and it saved him. Um, that was a hard hit too. It yeah. wasn't like Kyle early in the race or some other drivers that just kind of slapped the wall and they kept going. Like that was a pretty good impact. And the debris could have and caused an even larger wreck. Absolutely. So they made and the that, right call. And that's the difference. Kyle Busch's car, there wasn't debris coming off it when he hit the wall. There were some other guys. Like there was debris noticeably coming off the ten car. Yeah, I, I have zero issue. I mean, and I know people people kind of expect us to bash NASCAR, and we will if it's warranted. But I don't. And usually you are the one that says that they need to be more consistent. Yeah, but I, think I, I didn't have week. any issues with yesterday. The especially, And I think especially that on top of this, and this, I, we talk about this, it should never, ever play into the decision-making, but they were really, 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 probably really, really wanting to throw a caution for something. So, But that, that doesn't make it any less warranted or not. Like, it was, if you look up, and I'm telling you, like, spotting. We do, we're doing the same job that they're doing in the tower. We're watching the race, looking out for accidents, like if you look up and see if somebody, you know, we like we'll kind of try to help each other out and point. Like I, I pointed, I seen Harrison smoking down the front stretch at, into turn one in practice the other day, and I pointed to my buddy Herm standing next to me. I'm like, oh look, and we watched Harrison go in the corner and wreck. You know, that's what they're doing. They're they're somebody's going to point out to them or somebody's going to call on the radio and go turn three, and they look up at turn three and see a car sideways smoking. They're going to hit the button. Like they're not going to wait to see. All right, hang on. Let's see if he comes down here and cleans all these guys out or if he goes in the – like that's not – like this is not a situation where you wait and see. They're like, oh, my God, he threw the caution immediately. Good. That's what we want. Yeah. Like you want him to wait and see, oh, oh sh now he collected 20 other guys. Maybe we should have threw it sooner. Like no, You don't want a Monday morning quarterback, and it's just – I look at the situation, and to me, and, and those laps, yes, their hand is like over the button because there's only a few laps left, and you have to be decisive and quick because if you let it go, something could happen. And to the caller's point about the pit strategy and stuff, I, I think that is an overlooked element. I did like that yesterday where we saw that it came down to, do you pit for four tires? Do you pit for two tires? Do you not pit at all? I like that decision-making. In some racetracks, it's really easy. Like You always have to pit. Some racetracks, it's you never pit. I did like the fact that Vegas had an opportunity to have the window of saying, hey, we're going to kind of put this in the crew chief's hands I a little bit. Couldn't, like, we, had kind of made, we had a plan before the race of everything, and we saw it last year how – how you know Hendrick worked together to win the race, but and we I'm like we're coming. We were running sixth or seventh. We were we were I think the whole time coming for two tires. I think the decision made we were not staying out, and we were we were coming whether it was going to be two or four was going to be decided later. But we were pitting, and I kind of had the feeling that we were going to take two because that was kind of what we saw work yesterday, and it worked best for us. We improved two spots. Martin lost five or six you know on the last restart. He probably ran lost two or three from where he was running. Um, but I could not believe, and I think you guys talked about it last I night, like some guys that were running back there, like the colleague cars or, you know, Brad, Brad like just like if you stay out, you're, you're not going to win the race. No. You know, you're, but you you're, don't know. You, you, and you, you don't give you yourself a yeah, shot because if the, the, if the white, if we wreck coming to the white, you might be Martin was still running. He was top three. He was right. He was like second at that point yeah. and he was right there. And, and you know, you don't know. At least and, you give yourself a shot. And if you wreck on the last lap, you're not, you're only running one lap instead yeah. of two. Um, but yeah, I couldn't believe like the guys just running at the back. Like, what are you doing? Even if you don't, obviously, if you don't win, you're still net gaining ten spots probably. You probably least. leave there with a top ten finish because Martin lost. He went from first to seventh, so he lost six spots. Um, you're going to leave there with a top ten finish, which is better than where you ran. I don't understand for teams that they're really their only way into the playoffs is probably by getting a win. Why you don't try to steal one along the way? Doing the same pit strategy in that situation as everybody ahead of you. You're not going to pass them. You've already not been able to pass them yeah. the entire race. Yeah, I feel like if we were running, you know, the kind of our MLO is, you know, track position is obviously a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And if we were had been running 12th-ish, you know, 10th, 12th yesterday, 
Booty probably comes on and tells me, Freddie, if we can get on the front row, we're staying out. You know, and I don't know. And nobody st- like nobody took the other front row option. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Martin was the only one that stayed out. I can't believe nobody else was like, you know, even our other teammate. I'm surprised he, they didn't do it. Like Reddick, you know, they were they were had speed and and it didn't have track position all yeah, day. Just all day, you know, they couldn't get track position. There's an opportunity. Take the front row and roll with it. Uh, but there were so many people that I think, or even like, I don't, I don't understand why some teams do the same thing with both of their cars or multiple, you know, split them, like split them, like pit eight. If you're a colleague, pit AJ and, and have Justin stay out or vice versa, whatever, or whoever else is back there, Brad and Busher, like split them up and cover just, your bases. Yeah. See what happens. Um, so it was interesting to see, but I was expecting more guys to stay out. For sure. I, I do too. And some people kind of beat up Martin Truex Jr.'s crew chief, James Smaller, but like, no, that was uh, for that team where they're at, like them finishing the top 10, you shrug your shoulders at. They need to win. They haven't won a points race since 2021. Like, go for it. And track position, if you can get two laps there and you hope that you get a little bit of a buffer, because if some other cars would have stayed out, they would have had a buffer. He probably gets away enough where no one's going to be able to run him down without another caution. It was, it was, and yeah, James is definitely basing, making that decision based on more people staying, at least one more. Get a, at least don't put the 24 I, on my outside, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. I, and again, I, it's really easy to Monday morning quarterback, crew chiefs, and the calls they make. But in this instance, for me, from this perspective, to me, it's the most straightforward thing of like, we're running 12th. We're going to probably finish around 12th if we follow everyone else down pit road. But maybe. We can get lucky and maybe get a win. If not, we're probably going to leave with a top 10 finish, maybe even better. Well, to leave us an audio message 24-7, you know the drill. Just head to anchor.fm slash clear. You'll see the message icon at the top. We'll be sure to play the best ones each week. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. What an idiot. Well... I think we probably have a few candidates for the one idiot segment this week. <laughs> I think we're just going to pick on our buddies mainly. Go I have it. I, I pretty mean, much. I mean, I didn't see anything on track this week. I guess again, everybody blew me up about Chase Elliott. I'm not calling Chase Elliott an idiot. Nope. You know, he is not doing anything wrong. You would hope. You know, it is what it is there. Uh, but I do have to call my good friend, one of my best friends, Brett Griffin, an idiot, just for his actions on Friday when I get a phone call at. I don't even know. Like, first of all, he texts me like, hey, what are you doing? Well, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, I got to work today, bud. Like, I, we're not all on this nutrient ag uh, spot-on activations plan where we don't have anything to do until the suites are open. Some of us have jobs. Uh, yeah, some of us actually have to work. You remember, I don't know. If, I think nowadays he wishes he was spotting because, like, this this deal Costing here where he doesn't money. have any responsibilities is really not working out for him so well. Um, but, yeah, so <laughs> I, when I get the phone call at about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon that he's heading to the Spearman Rhino, um, that that that's gonna that's gonna put you right at the top of my list for what one is that idiot. for? Us um, uh, the folks. Spear and Rhino is exactly what you it sounds like. It is a strip club like in a zoo. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah a Rhino. I, and the funny thing was, I seen something like I forget what the hell it was called, like the peppermint hippopotamus or something <laughs> on a billboard. I'm like, well, they're what are they going for? Um, the, the pe- it was literally like the pe- peppermint hippo or something. I was like, okay, is this like the that knockoff? Like it's like the knockoff brand of the Spearman Rhino. But yeah, so bread is my idea for the week for. 
and then of course I get out of the track, out of the truck race that night, and he is nowhere to be found, probably blacked out sleeping by eight o'clock at night. So thankfully he wasn't around when I got back there. But yeah, when you're at the strip club, it when I've been at a strip club maybe at daylight, but it's usually not before the sun goes down. It's usually like right after the sun comes up. So <laughs> how is he going to feel about you spilling the beans on this? I don't care. <laughs> He's talked enough. Got me on here. I really don't ever care what he says. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, my idiot of the week goes my colleague at the Athletic, Jeff Cluck. He was insistent that I was a madman and I was crazy and I was on this island because I had the audacity to suggest that drivers have a little bit of accountability and that it's okay for teams to say, "Hey, you can't do this. We don't want to get you hurt. There's too much to jeopardize." As the um, as people have listened to the episode that we've had of the teardown, it seems like quite a few people are on my side, actually, and that it's okay to think like, hey, during the season, you've got to pick and choose a little bit on what you can do and that when you've got a organization of hundreds of employees and sponsors that are paying millions of dollars counting on you, you can't put yourself at risk to do something extracurricular that may take you out of the race car. Jeff will be pumped that yeah. did call me first time. <laughs> Jeff told me yesterday, I know, and I saw Jeff for a couple minutes in the suite, and I said, you know, I, I, got, I need some dirt on Jordan, obviously. <laughs> and he didn't really give me much. Um, There's a lot. He's got he, a the only The one thing that I, he texted me that was funny, I thought, was he told me you hate Christmas. Is that I true? I hate Christmas. Like, oh, I hate who Christmas. Who hates Christmas? It's an awful holiday. Are you the Grinch? I like, hate <laughs> Christmas. It's such a stupid holiday. <laughs> I don't want to like make me go buy a gift for you. Why? I, I don't need it's a it's a pain in the butt. Okay, it's well, too much I have a huge stress. issue with this, so we'll skip that part. But um, you, what's your issue? Christmas? Are you kidding me? That's like I the happiest time of the year. No, it's not growing up in my house. It wasn't. <laughs> it was like World War Three every single year. I kid you not. Like my mom, God, God bless you. She's gonna listen to this and she's gonna hate me. My mom it, it, for. For 31 days out of the month of December, it was a warpath. Like you had, it was like you had, to, it was like walking around a minefield, and you just knew that something was going to set her off because the tree wasn't right. She was screaming at my dad that the Christmas lights weren't set up on the tree right. You had to buy the perfect gift, and the whole thing about oh, you don't need it. It's just a gift. It's the thought. Not with my parents. No, 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 no. You've got to make sure you spend enough money to get them the perfect gift. It's a pain in the ass. I hate it. It's a stupid holiday. Well, my daughter still sing jingle bells during the day. Oh, so God, in the holiday, the people that show up at your door, the Christmas caroler, the Christmas carolers, don't make me call the police. Get off my property. Oh. I do not want to hear it. Well, while while we're on the topic of Jeff, I hear he was mentioning you're a pretty smooth ladies man. Is there a <laughs> Tinder Tinder dating app or something that you might be on? Uh, I. I don't kiss and tell. Oh. I do not kiss and tell. I will say that if you need dating advice, I'm happy to give it to you. If you're on dating apps, copy and paste is the best method. If you're in a conversation with somebody, you're probably in the same conversation with other people. You're going to get asked the same questions about, hey, what do you do? What, do you, what are your interests? That kind of thing. Why have to sit there and spell everything out the same thing? Just, just copy and just paste. Just copy and paste. Okay. Keep well, it in the file on your, folder, on your, on your phone. Boom. <laughs> We can beg to differ on I, that one. I'm just glad that I like I was already with Megan before dating. Uh, oh, it's so apps. much easier now, though. Oh, I it's know. So that's, much, that's like why back in the I'm day, you, I can't. <laughs> you had to go back to the. You had to go to the bar. You had to be like, you know, you look good. You had to like, figure out a way to like approach somebody, and you had a game and all this stuff. And like now, nowadays, like you grab your phone and boom. Two if seconds. you're single in NASCAR and you're on Tinder, like it used to be a game where you'd have to like put like a mile radius of Talladega. I mean, oh, that, that yeah. is a game right there. Just in itself. Highly recommend. I don't. I'm not familiar with any of this stuff. So. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> Jordan, what's the best pickup line then? 
Uh oh. I don't pick up line. I just be nice. Be genuine. Be you. Compliment them. Like ask questions about them. Get to know them. Don't talk about yourself. I would have Andrew probably needs help. If that like this we should Done. sign you up for the Jordan Jordan Bianchi ladies man uh School of School Charm. Of Charm here. <laughs> just, yeah. Just be personal. Just ask questions about them. Get to know them. Copy paste. Copy paste. That too. It is time for the Ask DBC question of the week. Send in your questions on Twitter each week using hashtag AskDBC, and we'll keep picking the best ones. So this first one is from Dustin Jean. Um, he asks, what happened between Bubba and Christopher Bell after the race? What was discussed between the two of them on pit road? Ooh, Freddie. Drama. So much drama. Uh, we ran side by side for two laps and let somebody catch us, and they were discussing why they did that. Um, it really wasn't a big deal. Uh, we raced each other. But it was actually probably more than that. It was probably three or four laps. But we just we shouldn't have been racing each other. Bubba felt like we were we were passing Christopher. We had caught him from behind. We were passing him, and I felt like I guess he felt like Bub Christopher should have let him go, and we could have we had probably a five to seven car car length gap on the next car, which was Suarez. And we ran side by side long enough for Suarez to catch us, push us past Bell, and then pass us both. Um, so you would hope in the future now, you know, who's right, who's wrong? Should should Bubba have let Christopher go? Like they ran literally side by side for five laps. Um, so it's hard to say who's at fault. Is but this because it's a Toyota thing? Yeah, or? it's it, you like it's a, if you're pseudo teammates, you know, you don't want to you don't want to hurt each other and then help a guy in a different manufacturer catch you from behind. But it wasn't like they were – I don't think Bubba – I didn't even see it, but I'm sure Bubba wasn't, like, screaming at him or it nothing. It wasn't, no. It, it was, was just the two of them just saying, you know, we probably should have done that a little better or figured it out and not let the 99 catch us. But I don't think it was any kind of big deal. This was much to do about nothing. You know, Bubba, they had a conversation. But I think it was a clearing of the – it wasn't a clearing of the air. It was just a, hey, next time let's just think about this a little bit. Christopher, I saw one clip where Christopher was interviewed and he just kind of shrugged like, ah, we just talked about it. No big deal. There was no – There's this is there's going to be no carryover from this. And I think it's just a matter of perspective of, hey, in this situation, in a race where track position is everything, we, we just we both cost ourselves here. Let's just kind of look at the big picture. Completely fair. This next one is from Kate Bach. How much of an impact did the chain-linked fence on the billboards have on spotters this weekend in Vegas, which I know it was freezing. It's It wasn't even that cold. I mean, it was cold, like, but the cold wasn't it paled in comparison to how bad the wind was. Um, and when they, we, I didn't even know they were doing it. We never really asked for it. Um, but they, we got up there Sunday after, you know, Saturday was miserable for us. Um, and I, I'm going to get blamed for saying my job's miserable. It's not miserable. I love my job. But like I told, I, I tweeted out like a simulation. If you want to just go ahead and down the road at 40 mile an hour, stick your head out the window of your car and try to keep your eyes open. Let me know how that works out. Like I look like a, a, a 10 year old boy crying because somebody knocked, stole my ice cone, <laughs> ice cream cone, like just water running down my face because I'm dying to try and keep my eyes open, spot my car where there's just wind is blasting me in the face. And uh, I, but I could not believe the difference. I'm guessing the wind was coming up from from the grandstand. I don't know how, but like I felt like, oh well, they've great. They've covered the bottom half of our bodies, but like I'm still gonna be getting blasted in the face of wind. Never even noticed wind at all until I leaned out over the rail a couple times and I got blasted with wind again. I'm like, oh wow, <laughs> these these banners are making a huge difference. So thank you, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. 
SMI management, whoever it was that put those things up there, uh, I cannot thank you enough because it made my job. I mean, Saturday we were getting blown off the rail. My hat, I had a headset and my hat on. It was blowing both of them off my head during the race. Um, you know, it was incredible how strong the gusts were. So, you know, just the fact that they did, took any time to, to help us out, we appreciate it. They, they've, they've worked with us a lot and, you know, coolers and everything else, and we just can't appreciate it enough. We should get you some goggles, it sounds like. I needed them. I literally needed them. I, I, was, I don't usually typically use my binoculars a lot at mile and a half um, because, you know, you kind of want to keep your field mm-hmm. of, of view open. Um, I was using them a lot on Saturday just, just for the fact of blocking the wind. Like, I just was – I literally couldn't see anymore. I had to I had to use them because I – like, you literally just – I mean, just, just get in front of a fan and try to just hold your eyes open while there's just wind blowing in your eyes. It's, it's not easy to do. But, uh, again, I love my job. I'm not quitting. I, I don't think it's miserable by any means. I mean, it was miserable for two hours that day. But, I mean, I don't want to get beat up by the, the, the job police again. But – it was it was rough, and I just thank you so much for whoever the idea that was. My big takeaway on this is we I know what to get you for Christmas now. Yeah, just a pair goggles. of goggles. <laughs> and I think I think from like previous conversations, you need like a tent over your head. I, I like, mean, listen, if they could ever f- shade, would be amazing. Like we've talked about this, and again, you could say like you're being a bit of a prima donna here, but like wh- when we were in Vegas, not Vegas, Nashville last year, it was 118 degrees on the roof, and it's a black tar roof, and it's pretty miserable. And if you could get a little bit of shade, I mean, if just, just go outside in the summertime when it's 90 degrees outside and stand in the sun and then go in the shade and tell me it's not 30 degrees colder, you know, it's just like, it's just the little things like that. Obviously, you know, I'm not asking anybody to spend millions of dollars to give us comfort, but it would be nice to have some shade somewhere too in the middle of the summer. Do spotters ever use like the, I don't know, like, you know how like the cyclists sometimes wear those like clear goggles like clear or, glasses or get what i know it looks ridiculous to the but track like, yesterday do you see brexton bush wearing his like huge yeah no, i don't i don't i can't spot with sunglasses on i've tried it um just because the way the binoculars work too like i can't look through sunglasses and binoculars and i'm not going to be switching i don't think it would work good with goggles it's just you know it is what it is I, again it's not that hard of work it's just you know there could be things done to make it a little bit easier and thank you for them yesterday to help us We've been telling you for years now that RacingUSA.com is Door Bumper Clear's go-to store for the latest and greatest officially licensed NASCAR merchandise. Minutes after William Byron won the cup race in Vegas, RacingUSA.com was already taking pre-orders for the race win diecasts and t-shirt. You know, Casey, it can't get any faster than that. Wow, that is fast. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. Every product they sell is discounted every day. You are guaranteed the lowest pre-order prices, and your in-stock orders are shipped the very next day. Plus, Casey, you can select from a wide assortment of the newest officially licensed diecast, apparel, hats, helmets, novelties, and collectibles for the sport's most popular drivers, many of which are exclusive to RacingUSA.com. So whenever you want a new hat, t-shirt, diecast, helmet, or novelty to support your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, Google's top-rated store for NASCAR merchandise. Did you guys see that they they have a new DBC hat available on the website? Oh, I know people have been asking DBC, about it. I know. I, there were a ton of requests for that, so RacingUSA clearly I, took care I, of it. I know after we had all them shirts, they sold out immediately almost. So uh, these, these hats, you better jump, them, jump on there and get them quick. I, I want one, too. All right, let's move on to DBC picks, and I am thrilled to say that I won. won two races so far. I won with Bowman finishing third, so I was perfectly fine with that caution at the end. I bet. Obviously, you guys didn't go too hot, so I think we have Brett 
uh, lost, TJ's pick too. De- demolished, literally will be picking last. Um, he picked Logano. TJ picked Larson. Brett is the ultimate jinx this year. His results are Chandler Smith, DNQ, Larson at Fontana. He blows up like in five laps, 29th. And Logano, 36th, only Carter Rick yesterday. Ooh. It's like, here's the curse like, right there. He is the, he's, the, he's taking over TJ's job as the curse. <laughs> Who you got? My pint, I, I pick. Mm-hmm. Ah, I feel like Fords are going to be pretty decent. I, uh, I'll go with the feature winner from last year, Chase Briscoe. Damn it. That's a good one. Oh. Yeah. I'll pick Harvick. Mm. One last win at uh, Phoenix for who did, ta- who did TJ want? Did you get TJ's pick? Yeah, he picked Larson. Okay. That's and Brett, who did Brett pick? Logano. Logano. No, Brett picked Logano last week. He can't pick him again. Did he pick Logano last week? It says Vegas he picked Logano, unless we typed that in wrong. Oh, yeah. Wait, what? What an idiot. He's probably still Once again, Brett Griffin is a f***ing idiot. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's double so, down two so times. So then he gets disqualified, right? Because I got yep. DQ'd last yep. year. I got are DQ'd. we DQing him We're just straight up? We are. Yep. yep. For not Brett, paying attention. Brett, you're DQ'd. picking the same driver two weeks in, in a, a row. row. Yes. I picked one twice in the same year. He picked them two weeks in a row. Jordan, like who, I said, he's been drunk for four days, so it's not surprising to me. Who but we're would DQing. you pick for Blaney. Phoenix? Blaney. I think Fords are going to be good. Blaney's really good there. He's never won there before. He's come close. Finished third there last year. Finished second there in the, in the fall. I like Ryan Blaney get that first win of the year. Perfect. I was I trying like not to use him. Hopefully, it's a good race. Hopefully, this package uh, we'll lends itself to some better racing. Um, Jordan, I cannot thank you enough for coming here and preventing me. Oh, you got some more? What do you got? Oh, yeah. So you've covered quite a few sports. I know. Yes. Hockey, motorsports in general. Every stick and ball sport Right now, just thinking motorsports, who is doing it best when it comes to Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, even Supercross? I mean, you've got a a list. Yeah, I mean, Bob... Bob, to me, Pachris, uh, on the NASCAR side is amazing. I mean, he is the standard. Nate Ryan and Dustin Long are three guys. Or those three are really, I look at, of like guys I've always wanted to be in their category of respect, credibility, and the way they write, the way they do their jobs, to me, is next level. I'll throw my colleague Jeff Gluck in there. Um, Even though he's an idiot. He's an, he's an idiot this week, <laughs> but I love him to death. He's my big brother. Were, those are the guys that jump were out Were you to asking me. form well, of racing? I was at, uh, that was my second question. My, yeah. I was actually like, form of racing so whether it be nascar the the, but you know just the sport in general how they're doing whether it be promoting um the racetracks they go to the excitement that they have and and broadcast as well Uh, oh for like series and stuff um i think i think nascar's done a really good job really the last three four years of kind of shifting and they realize you know look at chicago like hey we've got to have extracurricular stuff it's just not about the race you've got to offer fans more than just cars going in circle you've got to offer them other entertainment throughout i think nascar's done a really good job when you go to Formula One races, and I've covered a few Formula One races the last few years, it feels like an event. It feels like a big deal. And the racing itself is what the racing is. It's not the most exciting sometimes, but it still feels like a really cool thing because you look around and there's an excitement level. And the thing I say is when I was at the Clash this year and the Daytona 500, it felt like an event. And NASCAR's done a really good job of turning these races into events. I think there's something to be said for that. You look at the schedule now on NASCAR, it's 38 races. It's really hard to make everyone feel special, but you've got Daytona, you've got the Chicago Street Course Race. I think North Wilkesboro this year is going to be an event. And so you need more of those big things to get excited about because when you go to New Hampshire in the summer, you've got to sell that. And how do you sell that? It's just not having a race at New Hampshire. You've got to have all this other stuff around with it. Interesting. 
I guess I we'll agree. find out. Yep, it'll it'll be fun. But again, thank you, thank, thank you. you, thank Appreciate you. It. You saved my life today. <laughs> like I said, I really I was planning on having to talk to myself with TJ. So I was gonna wonder if I if I wouldn't been able to do this, would just been like the Freddie Kraft show today. I don't know. I would have had to get Tiff over here or somebody. And we, Mike I, Davis. I would have let to have Andrew start talking, which is not gonna be good for anybody. We we would have broke down the, how you put diesel in your gas car. Um, that's the, that's the one thing I'm known for. Isn't <laughs> that, well, I guess mean, what, bud? You started off strong there. <laughs> you put that diesel in like, your car, yeah. like in 2018, like a while, long it's time ago. It's not something let go. Yeah. Uh, you, how do you do that? I mean, I'm not a it's car not guy even, by any means. You like, can't even get the nozzle in no. the tank he was uh, like standing you have back to try fire, to, I had to hold it in there. he was standing I, I back know. like firing it in there i did think it was funny uh just shout out again to the fans i love them uh <laughs> we were walking me and reddick were walking down uh towards the media center at vegas you know kind of mm-hmm. around the garages and i was going to split off left to go to the tunnel to cross the racetrack and he was going to go to the media center and uh they have all them fans that line up outside the media center against that white mm-hmm. fence and uh I was there. Must have been some DBC fans over there. Freddie, you start yelling, and then they're like, "Jason," <laughs> and they're like, "Jason, come over here and sign autographs for us." Because obviously talking to Reddick, and he's like, "This is not funny anymore." <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Well, it's gonna keep happening." I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, shout out to all the fans again. Thank you to everybody that came to the Dirty Mo Experience. Uh, I'm sure we're getting ready to announce the next one. Buy them fast because they sell out quick. Uh, I don't even know where it's at. I don't, are we dropping any information on that? Nope. Got shut down on that, um, <laughs> but yeah, it'll be fun. It's a blast yesterday. I hope everybody had a great time. If you I hear did. there there might be a few live shows coming up. So oh really? Yeah, I, I know we've got a couple. Stay lined tuned. Up. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you again, Jordan. Thanks for coming on, Casey. Love you as always. Thank you for showing up. Yep, I'm thank here. I was sorry sober. I wasn't here last week. I had to uh, alter my travel schedule. I wouldn't have been here no matter what. Even if I took my normal flight home, I would have been flying while the show was going on so instead i would decide to spend a week in vegas which is never really a bad thing megan must have been thrilled megan was yeah she's pretty pumped she probably likes to get me get rid of me every once in a while but <laughs> thank you again everybody for listening uh we will be back next week hopefully with all three of us and uh again we'll see you then see you in phoenix if you come out there say hey hopefully this new package works have a great week take it easy Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Keep coming, Keep coming bud. Bud. Dirty Mo. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. You're going to win it.